0: Hey everybody, and welcome back to the Ready Room. I'm your host Richard Frederick, and today my guest is Eddie Kastakis. And Eddie is a pioneer in the video drone industry, and the co-founder and president of both Zismo Media and more recently Aerospect. Both companies are based in Brooklyn, New York, and both are focused on providing video through the use of aerial drones. Eddie was astute enough to get involved in the aerial drone industry back in 2008 when drones were still a novelty to most folks. Through a combination of being in the right place at the right time and having the vision to grasp the potentialities of what the drone industry would become, he and his partner have turned Zismo Media and Aerospec into two of the leading players in the video drone market in New York City and the greater tri-state area, and their work has taken them all around the globe. Eddie is a fascinating guy and his passion and his enthusiasm are contagious. When he gets to talking about his early days, breaking into the industry, spending nights and weekends in his father's basement, trying to figure out how to build and then fly these aircraft and then having to explain what it was that they were providing to prospective clients who weren't familiar with the video drone uh, business. And they had to work for free at first uh, in order to build up a portfolio that they they could then show and start earning money. Um, But the whole story is great. And when you hear him tell it, you can't help but cheer for him and their eventual success. Uh, We talked a lot about just how prolific drones are now and will become in the future. And just a hint, the industry is only getting warmed up. Eddie addressed uh, some of the concerns that the general public has about the use of these devices, uh, spying, security concerns, etc. And he also talked about just how many industries are adopting their use and becoming ever more reliant on them. Of course, we get into some future stuff, uh, just how far he feels we are from being able to order a pizza via autonomous delivery or to eventually hailing an air taxi. I really enjoyed uh, our conversation. Eddie truly is a great guy uh, who still has a great sense of wonder and passion about the industry and where it can take us. And so without further ado, I give you Eddie Kostakis. Eddie, welcome to the ready room. Thank you for being here. First thank off, cheers, you for having and me. thank you for bringing the whiskey.
1: Oh, no, hey, you're very so, welcome.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm just going to try it right away. Yeah, let's do already, that.
1: Uh, <laughs> I just had a three hour drive. Let's try this one. In the rain. Oh, that's nice. Not bad, huh? That's, that's you know way nice. There's something about Japanese whiskeys that um, some of the like ten year old or twelve year old tastes better than some like the twelve year old, ten you know, fifteen or eighteen year old of the Scotch, Scotch. Like yeah, them all. Like it's just. Smooth, really tasty. Uh,
0: well, that is completely smooth. That's awesome. Yeah, good. So, well, thank you. Mm-hmm. So, uh, welcome to the ready room, Eddie. Um, great to have you. I've been. Uh, you were one of the first people I thought of when I when I had this idea. I was like, you know what, I I definitely want to get a hold of Eddie. And we haven't <laughs> seen each other. The last time we saw each other was in Brooklyn. That's right. In that fortuitous meeting. And I, I was like, how many people are by the way in New York City? Oh, how many. <laughs> No, it, it, no idea. Yeah, me, me either, but I, I mean- A couple of million. Yeah, and the and the surrounding boroughs. Anyway, mi- millions and millions, of course, yeah. and, uh, and 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 i had never been to Brooklyn in my life, and there I am walking down what, the street. you've never been to Brooklyn? No, yeah. That was your first time? That was my first time. Get out of here. And I was lost. So for everybody listening, <laughs> uh, you, me, me and Eddie, um, Eddie was in the Marine Corps with me, uh, and he had, you uh, had gotten out of the Marine Corps at that point and i i went on a daddy daughter weekend uh and we were in brooklyn i i'd never been to brooklyn we're walking down the street i was lost actually you know rory's looking at me like hey
1: uh where are we daddy and i and all of a sudden it, it, you're I knocking on the you, window I yeah saw you go yeah. past the window i'm like what is going on here yep. this what like I, I thought for a minute I was like hmm, maybe it's not him and even if it is maybe maybe I shouldn't it's like but what are the odds yeah. I just I just gotta go say hi and yeah. I, I always remember like how great of a guy you were and, and while while I was the, at the unit and stuff and I just had to come and, and uh, you know shake your hand yeah well, I'm yeah, glad you did man, because it was amazing I still talk
0: about it to this day I'm just like yeah what are the odds I mean they've got to be like infinitesimally small right <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like quantum physics would have to uh, be involved but yeah I mean lost and and all of a sudden there you are and uh, so. Anyway, so great to see you again. Thank you for coming. You're um, well, Yeah, thank you for having yeah me. again, I, I'm just really excited. So, so tell me a little bit about uh, about your company, what you do, uh, how you guys got started, how you found each other. I mean, yeah, take me back to the
1: beginning. Sure. Okay. So the name of my company is Dismo Media, and uh, I am a, a co-founder of it. And he, my partner is Pablo Barrera. We met in Queens College, where we both went for. Uh, uh, media studies and filmmaking, video production in general. Uh, we realized quickly that what's being that we were in the, one of the same classes that uh, he had a skill that I didn't, and I had a skill that he didn't. Uh, so where each other were lacking, we were able to help one another. Uh, so I was better at the creative end, and he was better at the more like the production, like knowing the camera, understanding what is better on like what what lens, which camera, what what, what format will all these other different specifics. So, uh, we realized that by doing a couple of projects together, we really worked well together. And as soon as we graduated, we decided to open up our own company, Sismo Media. Uh, now, how did drones come about? Now, this is back in two thousand eight, two thousand at the you know, about two. I think you know, two thousand six, two thousand seven is when we opened up Zismo Media. Uh, but how did drones end up coming into the picture? And now. Uh, Pablo and I, we used to volunteer at this uh, spot in the city called the Bowery Mission. It's still there. Uh, it's just a homeless shelter. And we'd go in there and help with the inventory and stuff and like restock the shelves and bring out food and, 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 and help uh, pick out clothes for people who were coming through there. And uh, there was this gentleman there that was starting his own non-for-profit. And the symbol of his non-for-profit, he wanted it to be the the the, the torch of the Statue of Liberty. And uh, he wanted to get like a proprietary like, picture, just his, and, and he just wanted that to be his. So it was too expensive for him to hire a an actual helicopter company to go take the picture. And he was doing of some course. research. Yeah. And he found there was only one guy at the time who was offering an, a remote control helicopter photography service. And after having gone to the Barrow Mission two, three, four years at a time, we became really good friends. He comes up to us. He says, "You guys have a video, like a video production company, as well, right?" We're like, "Yeah." He goes, and then he tells us a story about having to hire this guy uh, to to take this picture. And he comes up and he goes, "You guys should do that too." Now this is like at the middle of two thousand eight, uh, and so about four or five months went by, and I was looking into it and just starting to like really understand what what it is that we were getting involved in. And I called up my business partner at the time. Uh, there, were, there were three of us, and I'm like, "I'm going to need a thousand dollars from each of you." And we're gonna have to get into this because I'm, I'm baffled that this isn't already like a huge thing. Like, there's only one guy. There really is only one there, yeah. at the time. There was only one guy. Yeah, uh, in all of, in all the, in the entire tri-state area, and yeah, uh, you know, he just monopolized on 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 all sorts of you know on all this work, which is good for him at the time. Uh, so uh, we just started to go in on it, and and here we are now. Uh, you know, twenty. Here we are in 2019, and now aerial cinematography is about. 90, 95% of the work that we do uh, from Zismo Media. Uh, part of also now an- another business that we've also opened up is Aerospect. Uh, and what that is, it's uh, it's also a drone service that's catered directly to uh, uh, engineers, uh, surveyors, and um, media, uh, uh, real estate marketing agencies as well. Yep, And we do a bunch of stuff like facade inspections and all just drone-based. Oh.
0: Dude, so totally fascinating, <laughs> and I'm sitting, oh, no, that's great, and so I'm sitting here, and I'm like, uh, you know, so first off, what was your, what were you hoping to do with Zismo when you started?
1: You know, I mean, we were we were young, and we did, we just wanted to do what everybody else in, in, in New York and Brooklyn wanted to do, like just video production, get into, you know, fashion and and, and, and music videos, and, and eventually be able to, uh, you know, provide, like, more of a niche service. We didn't know at yeah. the time what that was going to be sure. until... This gentleman came up to us and told us to do the drone stuff. And but, you know, to this day, we go back to Bowery Mission, and for every Thanksgiving and Christmas, we take food and we take gifts, and we help sort them out there for the kids. And we've been doing it for over ten years now, about ten years now, every year. And we, I mean, that's that's what we that's what we go do, because if it wasn't for that spot we wouldn't be here talking about anything right now. I'd probably still be at my dad's. No, I still you, don't worry about it, I'd still talk to you. i still talk to you, brother. But, but, uh, so
0: this, I love that story, man. I just love Thank it. Thank you. It, yeah, it, it just, just is so, you it's know, it, 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 it's, <laughs> you no, it's, it. it's great. It's like, I right. mean, it's like, um, it, so you guys, uh, when you hear stories like this, that fortuitous sort of, we were looking for a niche, we didn't really know, mm-hmm. and then something like that comes up, and yeah. the stars kind of align. Yeah. Uh, I I just love it because in two thousand eight that was really even before when when did the FAA really start doing the uh like what was it, it was like 3 the, the, so at first three, three, three it was you exemption. know everything was still part 91 yeah. with the exception which was uh, whatever and and for everybody listening part 91 is uh, general use aviation FAR regulations and and as a pilot I I know that's esoteric so I won't say much more on it but the FAA hadn't gotten really into regulating at that time, right? You just No. it was because this was about you said two thousand eight, right? Yeah. So you're like, hey, let's <clears throat> let's grab together some money. Yeah, it was a Wild West. Yeah, Man, I
1: forgot well, it. it's like, it, yeah. you know
0: that's funny that you say that because I wrote that down. I was like, it still feels that way, but
1: yeah, it, well, it, you know, in, in in many aspects it is, and I'm sure we'll get into that yeah. in a little bit. But yeah, going back to what you're talking about. There were really no clear uh, regulations for it. They they instituted the um, FAA three 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 exemption, which essentially said that if you were going to be working with a unmanned aircraft on a commercial level, that you had to go get your pilot's license. Sure, which is what I ended up also going to do. So I mean, pay thousands, thousands of dollars. Go and I mean, getting going to a private you know airfield or just a regular airfield and getting into a private plane. I mean, that's that's a whole day. Like I mean, like you know, the, we got to work too. Yeah, <laughs> you know, oh, no, like, absolutely. So. It, Having to drive it, so I was. I went out to Brookhaven and I was taking the courses out in Brookhaven. So I went for my sport pilot license, and that's how we were able to go forward with our with our 33 exemption, which is, you know, which really like set the foundation uh, for us at the time where not many people had it because it was very difficult. I mean, look, you know, you you, you set the bar here. A lot of people are going to hesitate to want to get into the industry yeah. immediately. Uh, well, that all changed after they introduced the Part One Hundred Seven. And it was it became literally like a buy in game. You got 150 bucks, go take the exam, study for about three four days. Hey, you're in, baby. Yeah. Like, then that's the way it is now. I mean, without even having seen a drone, you know. I mean, in many ways, the FAA did did some things great. In many ways, they kind of you know dropped the ball on a few things. Sure. Where you know having to get a pilot's license really necessary to fly the drone? I don't know. But now you can get a license to to operate the drone commercially without ever having even seen a drone. Yep. Like, and so I mean, that's it's a little. I don't know. It's why is it so far this way and then so far that way? It's like, where's somewhere in the middle? So, you actually got your license, though. Yeah, I had to go get it.
0: it. Right, man. So, we're both pilots, and cheers (laughs) on that one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, tell me about then the first time you actually. That you actually went out there with the drone. So, like, how did you practice? And then the first time you actually went out and went, okay, this is a, this, this is we're getting paid to
1: do this. Get it? Well, okay, so well, the first time I actually flew a drone, um, way in over my head, like, <laughs> way in over my head. So you're supposed well, to. That's our right. first time I flew start. an airplane. I was way in over yeah, my head. Yeah. So. <laughs> you know, I was like way in over my head. I don't know what the hell I was thinking. So when it, remember when I told you I had had to ask my partners for a thousand dollars each. Well, at the time, you know, multi rotor, we'd already like. Our business plan was in place. We're going to f- lift um, – we're going to lift Micro Four Third style cameras, cinema cameras to be able to provide you know footage, photography, whatever it is, right? So we knew that as an investment, we had to go in and buy something that was going to be able to carry that sort of weight. Now, yep. At the time, the, what we see now from DJI did not exist. So everything was like kind of like piecemeal together, like – engine, you know, motors from Germany and, and, and GPS compasses from China and, and all this other stuff. So it was pieced together with a carbon fiber frame and things that you could not find parts for in anywhere other than Germany and China at the time. So we went down, we, we, we purchased uh, what is known as an octocopter. It was a flat eight, you know, eight motors, flat all the way around uh, to lift uh, uh, medium format si- size cameras or, or micro four thirds. So this thing is huge. It's huge. I mean, it's bigger, it was bigger than this table. And at the time, I had never really flown anything. So I was training myself just through a simulator, you know, understanding. That, what, where
0: Where'd you get a simulator? What?
1: Oh, so there, there there, are RC simulators, and they had, like, multi-rotor, you know, uh, already preloaded into the uh, software. So you could choose that and then kind of, like, plug in your remote controller into the computer and it would start reading your channels and, and, and everything that you were. Okay, uh, so when I think simulator
0: I'm thinking of the, the devices that I get in, you know, as a pilot. Uh-huh. Is that uh, what, no? This is like, like an
1: online. This is, no, a computer program. It's a computer program and with the remote controller, just okay. like you know, an RC, yep. and then you just fly it and you can see it in the screen. Right. And that, okay. that was all. Yeah, and that was all I got. So yeah. understanding roll, pitch, you know, yaw, and all all these things. Sure. is it, it was throttle. Uh, this was all things that only existed in my experience in a simulated space, not in a real space. Yeah. Right? So when you when you leave that space, and now mind you, it, the simulator only had like quads, like something with four motors, and now I've got something massive, like eight motors yep. in front yep. of me yeah. with a battery that weighs about as much as this bottle of whiskey here. You know, it's it's a lot more intimidating. So when we first went out. Just took off the drone and, and like, uh, plugged it in and, and, and you know. Where were it you? And just, so I was at a park near near my, my dad's <laughs> house I mean, because at the time I was still living with my father. Yeah. And like, we were working out of my dad's basement. Like, forget it. Like, as soon as we started getting God, involved I love with this, the man. drones. Yeah, yeah, as soon as we started getting involved with the drones, like, look, me and Pablo, I mean, we used to go out, have a great time. I mean, we're guys, you know, in college. Isn't yeah. that what you do, sure. right? Yeah. But as soon as the drone stuff got introduced into our lives, forget it, our Friday, Saturday, Sunday nights, we're all in my dad's basement putting together drones, programming uh, learning how to like uh, solder and and do these things that we're just we, 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 what are we doing here? Like yeah. it's Friday night. Why are we here right now? But we 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 couldn't get away from it. We didn't want to. We yeah. wanted to keep going. I mean, it was it was just so interesting and so appealing to us. We just kept going with it. So uh, the first time I actually took off with the drone it was just a couple blocks away at a park from my dad's house, and everybody was there. It was just I don't know. Uh, Plug it in. It makes this little noise. You like, turn on the remote controller. Seems like things are going okay, great. Turn on the motors. Just lift the drone up just a couple of inches off the ground. There's no reason to go away. No. I mean, you know, baby steps. I realized yeah. the potential of what I was doing sure. at the time. Like. There's eight blades. I mean, it's it's you know, it's a flying salami slicer at that point. Like that's what it really is. And there's probably like kids and dogs running around here. (laughs) Exactly. And like, so I went away into a part of the park where I where I automatically assumed the worst was going to happen. Yeah, yeah. And if it did, at least we had some sort of like tree brush protection. This and that, whatever. Uh, See, that's, so, yeah. that's
0: that's probably more uh ORM than I would have
1: used. Yeah. <laughs> so Congratulations on that. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Yeah. I mean that was part of my military training. Yeah, it's that's right. Okay. <laughs> I got What I'm are the risks here? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so we go to the corner of the park, I take off the thing's just, you know, kind of hovering right there and I, I didn't want to get any risky with it. I just kept it about a foot off the ground, tried to control it, tried to hover it, just try to keep it in the same spot right there. And uh you know, you just get really nervous with it because in the end, the thing's a computer. Computers crash every day and they never leave your desk, right? Yep. I mean It just happens; these things happen. And now, me and my buddies were all just standing around. It just, all right, all right, all right. uh Then we land it, no problem. All right, great. So, but you know, coming from the simulated world into the real world is you know completely different. The noise, the wind, the people having to deal with birds, flying debris, and all you know, you start wow, and then you start realizing that it's it's there's a whole lot more of of it involved than just taking off and flying around and hoping that the GPS is going to hold its position, right? So yeah, that was that was the first experience, and uh, after that, like we we just kept going at it, kept going at it. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, forget it. They were done. We were no longer, you know, the kings of bars of you know Brooklyn and Queens, and uh, forget it. That was done. We were. I mean, we, and, and you know what? We were we were happy with that we were, because we realized that the time that we were putting into making these things work, we were going to be working for ourselves. Yeah, not for anybody. And 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 you realize that. Once once you start getting you once you get your first like real paying job and at the time like we we what we a rush would, that you know, would bah, right I mean forget it and no one was doing it whenever we'd go out forget it I mean we we might as well have been setting up a circus in the middle of the town because sure. people would just crowd around
0: they're like what is that yeah especially back Which, in 08, right no, I mean it. Yeah.
1: forget it forget it I might as well have been an alien yeah. coming down from a spacecraft that's, yeah forget it that's really and it had lights on it and people were like what is that flying in the sky. And, yeah, it, it was it, wherever it went, it it, it drew a crowd. Forgot it. So, so what was your first paying customer? What'd you do? So, just to like preface that, so it was very difficult to find customers because no one really understood the premise of, of like the, the the nature of using a drone. They're like, Wait, what? Yeah, a, a remote control with a camera. Like, what is? A, what, is what is like wrapping their head or like it just didn't exist. So. Uh, we had to do a bunch of work for free just to build some sort of a profile. Unbelievable. You know, just, just to build some sort of a you know a background saying, oh, look, they shot this or we shot this. And we were at this track and we were at that show or this and that or whatever. So we'd call around and just be like, you don't have to pay us anything. This is because the way we saw it, it, was, it was in job training, right? To like know how we're going to manage the clients because managing a client when you go and you have a camera like this one, that's one thing. But then when you start to introduce the risk and liabilities of – a flying yep. object that weighs about 20, 30 pounds with the potential of X, Y, Z, you have to manage risk and quantifying expectations, all sorts of stuff. So I mean, we found that that became a very good way of uh, understanding uh, and learning what it was going to end up being like for us in the real world when we get out there and actually start getting paid for it. Uh, our first actual paying job, thank goodness, and God bless them, was actually Queens College themselves. Nice. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So they were like, "Oh yeah, because they have a beautiful campus, you know. The back of the campus actually uh, overlooks Manhattan and it's wide and lots of trees and beautiful buildings and it really is a beautiful campus." I'm like, "Oh yeah, you know, it'll be great." So we went in there, we talked with with the uh, with the marketing department and we showed them the possibilities because they couldn't at the time, they couldn't wrap their heads around it either. I mean, it was either ground shots or helicopter shots and there was no in between. And you know, I was like, well, how are we going to fly this drone over the pool inside of a building? How are we going to fly down from this building and get a really nice, close shot of the clock tower or this and that? It was just something that they couldn't imagine. So once we actually showed them that, they were like, 100%, we're on board. And uh, before we even started shooting, we received the first check. And I, I'll never forget it because I was at my buddy's apartment when I came in. We looked at it, we're like, this is, this is real. Like, we could actually this is a business now this is before we we weren't sure if this was going to be something or if my you know my dad at the entire town was telling me oh you're wasting your time did you get paid yet did you get paid yet because that time like i said we were going out and doing a bunch of free jobs it's like are you making money are you making go get a job go get a job so your because, dad is saying this yeah, yeah. yeah and look i get it my dad, first of all my dad's old school and and that's okay and you know what i'd probably say the same thing too that's I can why. see my dad saying that too. You know what I'm saying? Like okay, he's I'm first generation here. He's old school, you know. He's he's Greek. He's just very, you know, you know how they get.
0: So I understand at the time because no I love one was the Greeks. Using- They're demonstrative, like 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 the Italians. So I yeah, just yeah, yeah. I feel like there's like a kinship there. You yeah, know? It's, yeah, yeah. It's all sure. sort of Aegean related, but yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Of course I know what he's like. So you know what's going on now. Now we're in this guy's basement. Parts all over yeah. the place. He's yeah. fed up because now the parts are starting to move up into the living room into the like the first floor of the house. He's like, that's it. Get this crap out of here. Like I don't care about it anymore. This is just fun and a hobby for you guys. Get out. Have you made any money? No. Go get a job. Okay. Like, oh, I, I get it. Uh, so yeah that, that was that was our that was our first paying job. and once that came in, we realized finally that we we, we can make this yeah. we can, this is the thing this is the thing, and no one else is doing it so let's 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 i mean let's put this in the fifth gear immediately and let's just keep going with it once we had that, we were actually able to like start building a website and promoting and yeah. doing certain things. But at the, we were still doing free work too. And like I said, it was a problem getting people to understand what it is that we actually do. So one, one time we actually went to go do uh Belmont, um, uh, The Belmont States, the Triple Crown. Yeah. So we told the woman. So we called up the the uh, media um, department. You did Belmont? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, listen this. Listen this. This is is spectacular. This is amazing. So, so we call him up. We're like, hey, we have uh, a helicopter drone. You know, an RC helicopter to take because saying the word drone, these people forget it. We might as well be talking to them in in, you know, uh, yeah, in, in, in German or whatever. So. We we would love to come in and take some video and pictures of uh, the track as the uh, as the triple crown's going on. Oh yeah, sure, beautiful. Yeah, come on in and set up your thing. uh." So we go in and we start taking our shots, and we're in the middle of the racetrack now. About half the day has gone by, and we're getting all these great shots, following the horses and the video, and everything is great. Then all of a sudden, security rolls up on us. We're like, "Of course." Oh, what are you guys doing here? What do you mean? What do I do? We got press credentials right here. We, 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 where'd you get that drone? Where we get the? We're here with the drone crew. What are <laughs> you talking about? did no one talk to you about this? No, no. no. So they grab us up, they snatch us up, and they take us down into the security office, and then we go to see the the the, the, the initial the person that we spoke to yeah, yeah. Belmont, and she goes, "I thought you guys were going to take pictures with the helicopter from a helicopter from a real helicopter, like." No! Now they confiscate all of our stuff. They run background oh, checks on God. me and my buddies. Yeah. On, on, on me and the guys that were in there. It was just a huge misunderstanding. Me- meanwhile,
0: you've got a top secret clearance. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Exactly. It yeah. yeah. was just a huge yeah. misunderstanding. The guy comes
1: back, the head of security comes back, is like, who's the one with all the parking tickets? I'm like, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> that's me, that's right. So we, we all, we, we understood it was just a huge misunderstanding. We were able to go, but this is what I'm talking about. These yeah. are the things that we had to deal with at the time when people didn't understand. You know what 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 this stuff was, so, but it was it was it was an uphill battle, and, and and it still is, but it's become a lot easier now.
0: Yeah. yeah. So let's back up because the yeah. paradigm you, you mentioned it earlier. The paradigm has mm. completely shifted.
1: Yeah.
0: I want, you know, well, you you know, I'm a helicopter pilot. Uh, yeah. I've flown both uh, helicopters and airplanes. I, I fly them both. I've mm. got about equal amount of time. But when I was flying, so I I was in the Marine Corps you know, for about 10 years and then I got out for two years before I came back in and, mm-hmm. and went um, went back on AR. But
1: Were you officer as well? Before, before yep. you went out? Okay, I was, yeah. Okay. Yep,
0: and I, and I got out and uh, I was, so I, at the time I was flying for a little outfit in Nashville, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. I love Nashville. Uh, yeah, it was oh, great. What a town. Yeah, great, great time. <laughs> Loved it. Uh, you know, my, 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 girlfriend, now wife, was mm. living there. Okay. And so I moved up to be close to her. Um, oh, right. And so I got a job at this outfit. It's a Part 135 outfit, flying King Airs, um, you know, flying people around. Um, mm-hmm. Well, one of the jobs that we, we... We also had helicopter at the place, and they also had these Cessna 172s that mm-hmm. people could use for flight school stuff. And, yeah. But one of my jobs there, when I wasn't on the schedule, every once in a while I had to sit the desk, and people would come in. And one of those big things is people would come in uh, to take aerial photography mm-hmm. and they would hire me to take them up in a Cessna to go up over whatever usually construction sites yeah. uh, or maybe prospective building
1: mm-hmm. plots
0: and we would go up to I can't remember you know in a certain altitude and I would turn that thing 90 degrees on its wing so they could <laughs> yeah. take these pictures
1: uh-huh. uh,
0: another time a, uh, a local news company hired us well actually they co- hired us a couple times but I was flying what the you uh, helicopter yeah I'll take a, another <laughs> pour thanks brother mm-hmm. perfect so uh, uh, they, they hired our helicopter, which is super expensive, by the way. Those helicopters yeah. are way more expensive than a plane. And so they hired us to go take pictures of a, a place that had been ravaged by tornadoes. Um, and so we, we flew over this, this part of uh, just outside of Nashville that had seen a big tornado come through. And yeah. so we, we took pictures. But that must have cost them a fortune. And so I think back all the time. I'm like, all of that, that, that must be gone. Oh
1: yeah uh, yeah and I mean so who helicopter- would
0: still who would still pay for that unless you had money to throw
1: Yeah well uh, there are there are still some shots that drones cannot do right uh, and, and 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 a lot of that uh typically depends on the type of camera that you're carrying you know the drones um they are limited in, in the US to 55, 55 pounds yeah. now when you're looking to carry a cinema-style camera with a large lens on it and be able to pull focus, iris, zoom, you got to power all that. You got to put it on a gimbal, then you got to put it on the drone. Then you got to power that drone. Forget it. By the time you're done outfitting that drone to the, you know, to really being able to get your shot, you're at about 70, 80 pounds. I mean, that's where that's at. So you're already, you know, you're already over. Uh, being able to get, you know, and speed is another thing as well. And then your height limitations, 400 feet. Sometimes you need a higher one. You know, these drones for the most part, I mean, I don't think they're I think they're not allowed to go uh, over 100 miles an hour or something like that. Uh, but, you know, obviously a helicopter will go much faster than that and and, and, and uh, higher, and they'll be able to get you these shots. Just backtracking here while you were talking about that, I, I, I remember a story a friend of mine told me um, – that he was he had put in a job to do something with I think it was National Geographic. Yeah, it was I think it was National Geographic to do some drone work out in a desert. And the producer said, you know what? No, we're gonna want we want we want a helicopter. I think we're gonna use the helicopter, we're gonna go with the helicopter. So they brought out the helicopter and they started getting their shots and the helicopter went down. And there was either two or three gentlemen, and there were you know pilot, co-pilot, and camera operator. Helicopter went down. Unfortunately, the, the three died. Now, had they hired the drone, maybe they wouldn't have. You know, uh, maybe you know they, they would have. Maybe they wouldn't have gotten the shot, the most specific shot, you know, the most perfect shot that they wanted. But those three guys would have gone home to their families. You know, and so a, a lot of a lot of what's going on. It, it,
0: and they opted it, for the they opted for the helicopter, even though the drone was capable yeah. of that shot. Uh,
1: even though the drone was capable of the shot, and yeah. even though they were still going to be able to get maybe not a hundred percent of what they wanted, but like mitigating risk, and uh, that's where that's where drones really are, yeah. are about. Like, I, I mean, it, it's they are, they've become super reliable, in you know, in, in just the past couple of years, in the past three, four years, five years. Where technology of drone has has really like accelerated, like it, I, I think it's the fastest growing tech industry uh, in the world. Really, I, I read a report that says that the
0: projected um, revenue, business revenue for drone industry this year is one hundred and twenty seven billion dollars.
1: Yeah, I think I, I think that's. That seemed actually low. It's a little thought, conservative. Yeah, I think that's very conservative. Uh, I mean, I've seen what defense contracts are looking at, like, oh. in the enterprise. Well, world, I think this and, this so, was
0: this was a, definitely a number
1: that was civilian that was yeah. uh, that, that didn't consider uh, defense. But yeah. you're
0: right. If you add defense, oh my,
1: forget it. Yeah, yeah. And and you know, it, it's interesting because at the time when we first started, uh, all I can imagine drones doing was just taking pictures and video for for movies and for you know creative purposes. You know, for for artistic things. And it seems like all that has shifted. So at the time, like it was like 90% of of what was happening, like movie making with the drones. And like the 10% was farming and crop and and like, you know, uh, the the FLIR and finding out where water was and where the heat spots were and to be able to yield a higher crop uh, outcome for for whatever season it was. And then all that started to shift the other way where – uh, the movie making now started becoming smaller, and now it becomes now it's just a smaller portion of what actually drones are doing. Yeah, forget it. Now they got you know flare cameras and long range uh, antennas, and uh, and it's it just become more of an enterprise thing. So farming, um, uh, customs and border patrol, you know, police departments, fire departments. You now even airports now are, are buying it to be able to track down other drones. You know, in, you know, invading airspace.
0: Yeah. Eddie, it's amazing because I, I as I was reading all this, I, you know, as I was doing my research. Um, so first off, I don't, I don't know if you know this, but um, I was the. Uh, OIC of the Scan Eagle Detachment out, oh, out in really? Afghanistan in 09 oh Yeah, gosh. so I went out uh, and did all the training uh, with uh, in situ out in Benjamin, Washington. Okay, and then was in charge of that piece of gear. No way. Uh, which was a multi was, uh, was a was a military run but contractor operated uh, piece of gear. It was really amazing, mm-hmm. and of course all uh, on the on the Marine Corps side all intel right. Mm-hmm. Um, and and at the time the VMUs and I'm getting off track a little bit because I want to come back to all. All of the different things that you're doing right now, with this. yeah. But it just reminds me that at the time, the Scan Eagle was really ninety some percent of the ISR assets mm-hmm. for the. And I'm trying to, I'm really trying to pick my words because I don't want to give. away I'm trying to stay within the uh, unclassified realm here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and I'm so I'm, but but it was like ninety some percent because Shadow was what we operated in the Marine Corps, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was already a dinosaur. Yeah. And in our deployment, that time. they weren't up. And running for four months into the deployment. Mm-hmm. Scan Eagle was, yeah. and the general came out there several times to my site to say, Hey, Bart, it, it, I'm, I'm glad you've got this going. So we had spokes out in a couple of different places. Again, I won't say their names, but mm-hmm. uh, it was just incredible. And Scan Eagle was way ahead of, of what. Now, the payload was was not as good, so Shadow had a better camera payload. Mm-hmm. But again, and you talked about the limits with payload. But but Scan Equal could be up for for, for eighteen hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it was just amazing, and yeah. so it's and we had a bunch, and they we had twenty four hour coverage on several different sites out there. It was really amazing, and so all of this to say that I I I'm really familiar with the with the UAS world from back then, mm-hmm. and even back then it was different because here was the thing, back then you know shadow was literally those guys at a station with the joysticks and trying to uh, whereas the, the 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 asset that i was in charge of it was all point and click windows based mm-hmm. and and you you just made it do what you wanted to do right it was already well ahead of of, of, of the game yeah. well i don't know of, of the time but of of what of what we had Marine uh, Corps right, work, right, you know okay. what I mean, yeah, so yeah, which
1: is already set back and and yeah, exactly <laughs> you know I
0: mean because let's face it the Marine Corps mm-hmm. we're not going to have the, the latest and greatest gear, no, we, we know don't. that right, so uh so yeah and, and it was it was an amazing thing, but all of those guys that were there at in situ th- th- they mentioned at the time that the skin Eagle came about because there was a guy who he literally invented it after a buddy of his, and i'm I'm paraphrasing the story, and mm. I, I think I've got this right though. The guy who invented Skein Eagle, a buddy of his, was involved in commercial fishing. Mm-hmm. And he said, Wouldn't it be great if we could actually go look for these schools of fish without having to pay these aircraft, these spotter aircraft? Yeah. And the guy was like, Well, I. I can probably invent something like that because he's one of these, you know, 1,000-pound heads, and yeah. he came up with it. He did it all himself. He learned it. And so, and then the Navy got a hold of this and was like, wow, because it was designed that. to launch and recover off of a boat, yeah, a man, fishing no. boat, right? And so that, that right there, early on, people were thinking, hey, what else can we do with these things in mm-hmm. spotting fish? But you started to mention it. So let's talk about all these things that you yeah. mentioned, agriculture, yeah. real estate. Um, inspections, m- mapping, all Surveying. these things. So, yeah, all of these different things. And I remember even thinking when I was at, at, at uh, that outfit in Nashville. You know, these crop duster pilots—they yeah. die all the time, and all they're yeah. doing is this: they're drinking constantly. And they—I mean, literally—it's one of those jobs where you, you've got to be a little bit mental. Like, yeah. <laughs> and, and but but I I remember thinking at the time I was like. Well, UASs can do this. Yeah, in the do. future, they're not going to have guys, no. you know, doing that barnstorming, uh, dangerous stuff. And so, you you guys already—I uh, looked at your website. You're already involved in all this, moving away, like you said, from that film into all these other things.
1: So, yeah, so that's the other—that's the other business that we set up, uh, yeah. AeroSpec, which is mainly designed for uh, surveying and, and uh, uh, mapping and building facade inspection. So, a couple of things that happened in Manhattan is that. Any building over six stories must the facade must be inspected every five years, uh, and what does that what does that include? That means throwing up the scaffolding or having a guy rappel down the side of the building. Now, scaffolding could be up for months at a time, and it's extremely expensive. Now, if you're talking about buildings that are co ops, these are all fees that the co op the, the the tenants there yep. have to pay into yep. as a yearly fee. It's like it just be, it just starts to skyrocket. Now, forget it if the building actually needs. Uh, actual work done yeah. on it. Yeah. Once they do the facade inspection, forget it. Now, now the building fees end up going up uh, uh, dramatically for the next year. Uh, what we aim to do is to be able to not only provide that same of uh, style of inspection and data gathering, uh, but cut down the amount of time in which it takes and in doing so, the, the price uh, for what that is. So what scaffolding companies end up doing to put up on the side of a 10, 15, 20, 30-story building, uh, months to end up you know doing it, like repelling or whoever. And also not to mention the, the dangers of all that because – things fall off the sides of these scaffolds all the time. You know, it wasn't until I start, we opened this business I started looking into what, like, why? Why would want someone want to actually hire a drone? And then you start to realize the dangers of how many people have actually died over the years uh, doing this sort of work. And it's why. It's unnecessary, you know? Not, not only are the people actually rappelling down from the side of the building, but when something falls off the side of one of these scaffolds and hits someone in the head or a baby or, or someone, something, you know, that these are all parts, this is all part of it, right?
0: I'll just tell you right now, Eddie, the, uh, a friend of mine, Uh, Up in Brooklyn, who I just went and visited, by the way, Uh, her and her husband were walking under some scaffolding Mm. that... Collapsed.
1: Okay, and what I'm talking about. They
0: recognized it as it was happening, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I can't remember the story of whether one of them pushed the other one out of mm-hmm. the way or they called and they got out. But I mean, literally, it was a, a super close call where they they would have died.
1: Yeah. And yeah. The, so, but the scaffolding collapsed. Yeah. Right and there. I mean, this stuff stays yeah. up for months at a time, right? Yep. So now you got rain, you've got you know, uh, you get uh, snow, you got you hail it starts to beat down on this stuff and it starts to you know really starts to break apart and deteriorate and when it's up at, you know, four or five, six months at a time, which it can be, it, not only does it cost the tenants money, it becomes a hazard and it looks hideous oh. in the neighborhood, right? It looks awful. Well, what we do is we come in and we do the same exact thing that they'll end up doing, but we get it done in a day and a half tops, two, three days tops. Um, no, we, we actually did a presentation for a group of architects and engineers in the city a little while ago, and they were like, oh, well, how do you mitigate like, the people that live in the building? Well, what we do is we let them know that there's going to be drone outside their window for about 10 seconds taking a picture, and then it will be gone. That way they know that you know, it's not someone that shouldn't be there. It's someone that is part of the building. It's been hired and when we, it certified insurance and everything that they need and uh, not, to be, not to be alarmed or worried. And if, and if this is a concern to you, no problem. Close your blinds. Nothing to be worried about between these hours. Done, no problem. And for the most part, what we try to do is we try to do it during business uh, like business hours so that most people are already out of their apartment, out at work, if that's where they're going to be going or whatever it is that they're doing, right? So, I mean, we, we take all that at a fraction of the cost, uh, a f- 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 small amount of time, uh, and, and we render pretty much the same results, if not better, because our shots end up being directly onto the actual wall. A lot of times when inspectors actually end up doing stuff, so they'll, they'll be down on the floor, like on the street level, Pointing a, um, a, uh, a, a telephoto lens at the side of the building, but what you don't, what you end up seeing is like more from an angle. What you need to see is head-on, right? And forget it. If, if the inspection is immediate and you need to be able to identify a part of the building as as a potential hazard and needs to be remedied immediately, perhaps that man on the floor, you know, on, on the street level, can't realize that, you know, from the angle he's at that that needs to be looked at immediately or Gordon offer whatever needs to be done. So that's that's part of what we end up offering now.
0: Yeah, dude. So that is that really is amazing. I read an article that uh, it, I mean they're they're doing this all all the time in all different industries. And one of them was the shipping industry.
1: Oh yeah, same thing by that? the way, right? What because the shipping that? industry
0: has all of those boats have to be inspected in that in the same manner as what you yeah. were just talking about. And so they have. Companies out there that literally that's all they do airplanes is shipping. Do so I, I, that's right. Airplanes as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah as yeah. a matter of fact, I, I think United actually – or maybe it was Boeing and uh, United hired them. But but I, one of them, I think it was Boeing, That they actually have their own inspection drone yeah. uh, subsidiary now that, yeah, they, yeah. that they've bought. And Doesn't surprise me at all. I know. Yeah. And it really just is amazing, all the things. So here's another thing. Speaking of all those buildings – real estate mm. it has totally changed. Now, now it seems like even modest listings have some sort of a drone shot. Yeah. Are you guys doing
1: that? Yeah. So we, we did that earlier on, uh, as part of like trying to build our portfolio and stuff. Uh, that market is not so much the market that we want to go after anymore. Yeah. I mean, Where you know, there's now with the Part One Hundred Seven being such a uh, like a you know, being a, a commercial uh, drone pilot it's pretty much a, a pretty relatively low buy-in with a small amount of like skill or so because really all, all they need is someone who's going to put the drone up in the air, point it at the house, and done. You know, not so much movement and 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 being able to like really make something work. Like thinking about lighting and and, and all these other factors that come into the shot. Uh, also, because the market has become so saturated, that drove what we used to do the prices much lower. So, what we used to charge know, a couple thousand for whatever, now it's down to like two three hundred. and it's like why? Because the markets become saturated with people who have just went out and bought the equipment, paid hundred fifty bucks got their got their license and they this is this is what they do. and a lot of, in, in a lot of in many instances, they have a day job. They already have a day job. like they go and they I don't know they're, they're they they work at a store or whatever, and then this is like their side hustle. Right, and we're not in like my partner. And I, we're not. We're not interested in competing in that market, and that's that's fine for where that's at. And but we're we, we that's we, we yeah. paid our dues a while Big, ago. Bigger fish, <laughs> yeah, yeah, at yeah, this point. Yeah, yeah, we paid our dues a while ago.
0: Yeah. So, um, so what else? I, it, one of the other things I, I I saw, and I think you mentioned, mm. was um, was topography mapping, and not just yeah. mapping, but um, but there, you know, so like. Mining companies mm-hmm. are doing not just mapping, but they have specialized sort of technology that looks for certain minerals at whatever time. Yeah. But I guess this is now just ubiquitous in the mining uh, industry. I, again, I was just like, that is just amazing, fascinating right. so stuff.
1: That sort of stuff is more along the lines of the autonomous autonomous flight features. Yeah. So you don't actually really need a pilot for that. So because typically what they want to do is fly some sort of a grid. It's going to take pictures yeah. so they can set up the three D model. Yep. That's really like literally, it's. Loading in a flight plan. It's just creating a box around the area that you want, telling the drone at what altitude and what sort of coverage you want yeah. on your on your laps and overlay. And it just literally you hit start, the drone does it all by itself. I mean, it'll even land by itself, and all you got to do is take the media out of the out of the camera, and you're set. That's a, that's a different total. That's that makes complete different. sense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a, again, thing.
0: it it goes back to that sort of <clears throat> point and click that that we were we were doing, where you just told it, "Hey, fly from here to here to here." Yeah, and it yeah, did yeah. that all via GPS. So I'm guessing that agricultural usage is probably mostly the same way. Yeah, 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 it is. Right? It because is. If, it you, is. if you're going to do you know crops or or
1: mapping for. Uh, you know, for planting, then again, it's going to be a grid-type thing. Yeah, yeah, and it's very advanced, too. Like, it knows exactly how much uh, liquid to disperse over crops in certain parts, whether it needs to disperse more here or more there. or and it, It's very, very advanced now.
0: Really? That, that's just amazing. So, really, what you guys are doing – mostly, is the stuff where, hey, you need a dynamic, you need someone in control of where the thing is going, and it has some sort of dynamism to it, right? So again, you have you, you mentioned the film and television stuff, and now with the inspections. yeah. Do you think inspections is uh, in, where you're
1: sort of... Inspections is going to be where the money's at. Yeah. I mean, the, the way that the industry is moving, uh, I mean, it, it already... What they typically cost, what it typically costs to get the side of a building inspected, let's take a 20, 30-story building, what that typically costs could end up being... Two hundred, three hundred thousand. Uh, it depends where it is, how long they need the inspection, whatever it is. Because the rental for all the the, the scaffolding, putting it up, insurance—forget it. Uh, that's all starting to shift now for us. So, it, it, what we see is that more drones are becoming um, used in in engineering and in, in surveying, and we see that. There's, we saw this shift coming a while ago. We already, which is why we started to set up our our, our business uh, aside from. Our, our Zismo Media company, yeah.
0: So do you you have an so Zismo does uh, is do you have more than one business then?
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's two separate businesses. So is Zismo Media and then Aerospect. Okay, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. All right, I have to. I didn't even look
1: up Aerospect. No, right. no, no. You know what? Actually, you're, you're never gonna believe. It. Here's a funny story too. So we we got asked to do like the first building facade inspection by a company, through Zismo. They were like, "Oh, hey, could you could you could you, you mind taking a look at this building for us?" We're like. Played the whole thing aloof. I mean, I was like, yeah. Oh, okay, and we we know how to do it, and we, and we 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 know what the what the theory and the science is behind it, and no problem. So we were like, okay, we have the gear and the and the, and the technical know how. Let's go ahead and let's do it. So we did it, and then uh, we got a phone call from uh, this this group uh, called Building My is in the Javits Center, and it's this convention that goes over there for construction. I'm like, hey, do you guys want to come down and like I don't know, like show some of your gear and be part of this? I'm like, yeah, sure, would absolutely love it. So literally the day before. We put together the website, made the business, turned the whole thing into <laughs> turned the whole thing into an actual business and then started attacking and we the 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 um, the the interest from everybody that was there was so overwhelming. We're like, okay, that's it. Like this is this is where we're going because once we actually explained to people what we were capable of doing with our drones, they were one hundred percent just what have I been doing? Like like we ended up getting calls and emails and we're super busy with it now.
0: Yeah. This is amazing, man. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm just sitting here wrapping my head around it, and just how fortuitous all of this mm. this is, you know, in terms of <clears throat> how you started coming out of Queens College, you know, and what you yeah. wanted to do, and and how you've gotten to this point. And Mind just, you, I was also
1: going through, like, Marine Corps training. You well, know, I was going to say, yeah, and yeah, yeah. You, you were in the Marine Corps, by yeah, the way. Yeah, still yeah, going yeah. I was going that. through all that. <laughs>
0: um, so, man, good on you. I, I could not have – I don't think I could have done <laughs> Thank it. Thank um, But, yeah, it just seems like you've really been riding the front part of this wave um, in, in a way that has been just, you know, super – one, you positioned yourself well, right, and, and luck favors the prepared.
1: 100%. But, two,
0: you know, you, you still got to be there in the lineup when the yeah. wave comes in and you were there. And so uh, – uh, Zismo is it is it same is it the same partners Zismo and Aerospec? are you guys yeah yeah we're the same partners just, yeah okay. yeah
1: I mean uh, I, uh, Pablo trust me I trust him I yeah. have no reason to think otherwise and, I, and that's another thing is that uh, being able to find a, a partner in anything that you can trust yeah. and be on one hundred percent on the same page about at every moment in time I think that is uh, the most important thing in having a partnership in a business is for the understanding is to understand what the mission is and every, all the small goals that go towards that, everyone's on the same page to that. And it, we've always been on the same page. There's no misunderstandings. It's always to just make that business bigger and better. And how can we do that? And just keep working towards that. Yeah. And part of that actually ended up being, so I told you I was living in my dad's basement. Oh, yeah. I, well, I was about basement. to
0: ask what your dad thinks now, Yeah. The old, the old, old now, he's proud. Yeah, he's proud. the old <laughs> Greek pop is probably like, all right,
1: cool, man. <laughs> yeah, he's proud. So at the time, like I told you, I was living in my dad's basement. We were messing with all the stuff. So- my buddy Pablo, my partner at the at the time, uh, and still still is. Uh, he would have to come in from Queens to go work on this stuff because we weren't going to fly these drones in Queens. No way. We had to go find a small corner in Nassau County and just you know, you know, hopefully not make the news there. <laughs> and that was that was that was what we were doing. Yeah. So he'd come out, and I realized that wasting time going back and forth that that was already too much of a waste of time. Like we don't have time. We need to keep moving. Like we need to we need to charge hard at this right now. So uh, the building that he lives in, he lives in uh, uh, Queens in Ridgewood. I found out that the uh, one of the apartments in the building was – like the gentleman was moving out of there and he was you know, putting up for rent. I immediately moved in there and like our progress and, and, and how fast we were able to do things and get things moving just obviously exponentially grew. And so we were able to just immediately throw it in the fifth gear and start charging harder at it and 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 and, and being able to have that dynamic where – you know, I realized that our friendship grew more into like a business relationship. But we we used to go out, like I told you, we yeah. used to go out. You owned we, we the were, bars, and we now were, you're, we were yeah, buddies. We were forget yeah. it. We were we were knuckleheads doing all sorts yeah. of crazy, you know, dumb things everywhere. You say and you're not a anymore? You no, know, well, I don't still believe it for a second. <laughs> a couple of knuckleheads <laughs> well, I've never too. met Pablo, so but Pablo, maybe you're not a knucklehead, but I know this guy. So. <laughs> don't worry, <it's... laughs> but you know, and now when we sit down, it's more like you know, we have our joke and hey, our jokes here and there, but it's ninety percent business but we we understand that it's because we're working towards the same goal you know we're, and and he understands that I understand that and I think that that's a very uh special dynamic in relationship yeah in, in 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 our in our business that we just keep charging at it i mean right now he is home at at his, at his computer editing and doing stuff for the business and here I am doing this with you as soon yeah. as I leave him Gonna end up going no, back. You're not there making any say, money right now? No, no. You better get okay. to work real you. soon, bro. <laughs> it's fine for me. I All love right. myself. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a very that's a very important thing of, of, of the business, which is something that my father told me. and Him having business partners, and you know. Being screwed over and this and that and that's always a worry for yeah. your son. Was your right? did, was your
0: dad an entrepreneur as well? He was. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. He was. So it's amazing
0: he, how much entrepreneurship is in the Greek community. By the way,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. We like diners. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> exactly. I mean, uh, so of course, there's the
0: classic, right? The, the diner. <laughs> but uh, but no, I mean seriously. I you know it, uh, Greeks uh, seem to have a real entrepreneurial um, yeah part of their culture. I yeah, think yeah, yeah. It. so. Uh, yeah, so I can see your dad, kind of, you know, all of a sudden looking around, going, "Okay, this is kind of cool." By the way, I, I'm surprised you didn't bring like Uzo or something. Man. <laughs> you
1: know what? They didn't, they didn't have it at the <laughs> yeah, no, store. Yeah, no, no, right? I already it's, told you, I'm a, like, I'm a Scotch guy. Yeah, that's right. I'm a whiskey yeah. No, actually, actually I, I had
0: Uzo one time, and I was like, "Yeah, not my thing." Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, feels like whiskey. But uh, that's right. It's Anna. Yeah, yeah, anyway Yeah. Um,
1: anyway,
0: so so you guys, you're both living in the same place in Queens, right? Yeah, uh, Ridgemont or whatever Ridgewood. But uh, Ridgewood. Yeah, yeah. I've never been. By the way, again.
1: Oh, it's an upcoming. It's, it's yeah. really like I'll coming. Like it's right on the border. There's of all these Street. neighborhoods I've never. And, yeah, yeah. It's 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 gentrification is hitting hard there. Yeah. Now. Well, that's yeah, good.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Um. So, do you guys have? Do you have an
1: office? Or? Yeah. So we have an office in Greenport. So where you walked past me in right. that restaurant, yeah. my office is literally the barge bar away. Right. Right. You you were going to the barge bar. Did you? Did you? End oh, up you going, right? sent me to the barge yeah, bar. Yeah, Was it? Not it was awesome. I told you. All right, there yeah. You go. No,
0: I mean I could. T- uh, anyway. So yeah, it's <laughs> me and my what? your five year old <laughs> daughter at the barge bar. <laughs> And we watched the epic. sunset over Manhattan. Wasn't it was an awesome. Epic and I remember going to buy her a Shirley Temple while I bought a beer. And I look back, and she's sitting there talking with these three Swedish uh, girls that had come to New York. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking over there, waiting in line, watching. And so she's just is sitting there, man, so just Brooklyn. talking to these girls. And they're looking at me like... Yeah. yeah, you brought your kid to a bar. It's yeah, like, well, yeah, of course, yeah, you yeah man. Yeah, and they
1: bring their dog. And it's
0: beautiful. It's a, it's anyway, anyways, beautiful. so yeah, we got we got off the rails, but yeah, so your 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 office is right around. Yeah, there. it's
1: right there, and and we've we've actually I wonder you out, were in that place. Yeah, because we 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 put in so part of having a three three exemption and 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 you know that early stuff is that you could also put in for class B waivers for certain you know airspaces right so you could put in for class b or class c or d or any yeah. controlled airspace yep. and it would you know be gps uh, tied and then to a certain uh distance from that from that uh gps location that, that you'd put cool. in and so you'd have a certain amount of time to operate that within so you'd have like six months or a year or whatever so
0: real quick just so yeah. so people that are listening um so class b and c what he's talking about are oh, yeah, types sorry. of air no it's fine uh, they're types of airspaces um and it, it, Class B happens to be the, uh, the airspace that's designated around the busiest airports in the United States. So Class B airspace would be something like around JFK, Newark or LaGuardia. JFK, LaGuardia. So the the big airports, LAX, it's very busy, very, very um, important airspace, which means a waiver to operate a a drone in these airspaces <laughs> Becomes necessary
1: at that time. That's right. Now, when you and I imagine, it wouldn't be real easy. uh, No, no, it's not. So, and that's that's paperwork. Like, hey, you want to fly a
0: drone? Where, like, you know, line, you know, plane after plane of of heavy passenger aircraft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: and and when you really put things into perspective, a lot of the New York City airspace is covered by JFK and LaGuardia. Yep. Yep. So and they even overlap. In, in in you know in yep. parts of Queens and so it, it becomes very difficult to to want to convince producers to want to come in and, and start filming with drones in 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 Manhattan and in Queens. So what's actually happening is that out on the West Coast in Hollywood, like they have full range, like they have the, the drone uh, community. They actually have a uh, they have a union. There's a there's a, they're, they're part of the union now. Like, yeah, they're the local 600, and they're trying to bring that here to New York. The problem is. There's actually a, a local law that prohibits drones from taking off, which was put into effect something like in the 1940s or 1950s, maybe somewhere, somewhere between the 40s and the 60s. And it's the navigation law that states that uh, no aircraft can take off or land in an area other than designated as an airport or a helipad, right? Meaning that – and because since drones fall under the you – know, air, as aircraft – they can't just take off from a sidewalk or they, just can't, get, they can't just take off from, from – from. that's why if you were to actually Google uh, – you know, if you put into Google 311 uh, drones NYC, the, the first page they'll take you to is call 911 because this is illegal. But you'll notice that the people that have actually gone to jail for flying drones have not gone to jail for flying drones. They went to jail for crashing the drone, mm-hmm. reckless endangerment. Yeah. So it's, it, it, I don't know what's going on with, 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 with the NYPD as far as like that's concerned because they also have a drone unit, Taro, their, their tactical, uh, uh, response unit.
0: Yeah.
1: And, and so they now have a drone unit and they're, they got their stuff going on and it, it, that's great because I think that, that, you know, being able to use that asset to save, you know, uh, uh, uh policemen and, and women's lives is, is, that's, that's huge. I think that, you know, if a drone costs $1,500, that doesn't matter. Like it, it losing or or putting an officer in 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 a hospital for months on end because of a gunshot wound or something they could have prevented because you didn't want to use a drone like that's that to me is 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 reckless in yeah. of itself,
0: yeah, no, and there's probably a lot of cases like that and here's <clears throat> the thing, so let's step back for a minute and just look at the mm-hmm. industry in general, mm-hmm. right so I know that the f a a was slow to regulate, probably for good reasons um because they recognize and I think most people do that there's a, huge economic benefit yeah. to the use of drones uh, yeah. and all of their stripes right yeah, yeah. um but but especially the smaller ones so everything is covered uh, 107 covers 55 pounds and under mm-hmm. right um and so they recognize hey you know to try and over regulate this would be one cost prohibitive because there's no way they're going to have the time right to register it like their aircraft mm-hmm. and two uh, it would also even if it wasn't cost prohibitive w- it required the FAA to hire like probably triple what they already have in right. order to be able to, to deal with all yeah. that. So they wisely said, "Hey, look, this is this isn't feasible, and it's probably not wise because hey, w- w- there's economic benefit to be yeah. found here." Yeah. So looking at the drone industry, one of the things if you one of the things you hear a lot of times, <clears throat> I think, is that there's a lot of con- you know people have concerns of drones, especially if they don't know the industry or or aren't aware of aviation in general. It's still somewhat new, really, when you think about it, even though it's not. Um, But again, we'll we'll talk about that in a minute. But so, you know, there's a certain – there's certain concerns, right? Forbes did an article not only back in October of 17 that had, hey, you know, the the four concerns about – uh, of drone usage, and you know mm-hmm. they they mentioned privacy, privacy security, of course, risk. You know, like you said, <clears throat> uh, falling out of the sky. Yeah. And then there's the whole. The fourth one was public nuisance, which you know they 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 mentioned. Hey, that's problematic because it becomes a way to tie the first three together. Yeah, right. And but I think that it's probably overblown. But you you know by a certain. Subset of of you know the tinfoil hat wearing right. uh, people out there that that might think that we're all you know we're being spied
1: on, but let's hit those one at yeah, a time. Yeah, go you it. mentioned privacy first, right? Yeah. Okay, good. Now, uh, the town of North Hempstead actually uh, introduced a, um, a little piece of law saying that even if you hold a drone, even if you have a drone like that, you can be fined for that. And I went to the actual meeting, uh, the town the, at town hall to you know to protest. The, you know, the passing of that. And they, they kept citing, oh, well, privacy, this, the privacy, and I was like, well, first of all, it's not as if the drone is inconspicuous, okay? It makes a lot of noise. It stays in the air and eventually it's got to land somewhere. So there's one thing. It's a no one, who, 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 who do you think you, like people always think that the drone is following them. Who do you think you are that the drone is following you? Who? I mean, like, and the, the very small amount of people that have ever actually been brought to court uh, for you know allegedly spying on people have been dismissed because it was just a misunderstanding. So it's clear that that people are not really using a drone for the most part to do these you know spying and and, and you know privacy concerns. Uh, and really, when it comes down to it, whatever a drone does in the air. A, a regular person uh, down on the ground with a telephoto lens could end up doing the same thing. Yeah. If I, I want to look some, th- through someone's window, I'll just go across the street. That's right. And, yeah. and, uh, from, uh, the, the, the idea that uh, uh, peeping
0: toms that? are out there, you know, uh, <laughs> getting these drones these and then deciding are noisy to fly to Yeah, they have yeah, exactly. lights
1: on them. No one's going to yeah, do that. Yeah. You know, right? Yeah. Okay, so what was the second one?
0: Well, so the, the, the second one, I think, was uh, security in general. Mm. And the, the things that they mentioned when it comes to security, and I don't think that that article specifically talked about it, but the things that I've seen are one, you know, the ability to maybe use a drone for nefarious purposes, uh, mm-hmm. you know, explosives or something like that. Right. And then the other thing that they mentioned, which uh seems to be realistic actually, and, and actually happening is sort of the movement of illicit goods, especially on the borders. Uh, right. And, and I, I would not put it at all past, the, you know, cartels to be like, uh, yeah, we can use drones, man. Well, well I mean, so they've they been using do. airplanes for years. Absolutely. And, and they still, as a matter of fact, I could tell you a story, today, by the way, they still use that the place I that I worked at. Worked at natural them,
1: natural. Yeah. Now they still do it. Right?
0: No, they that's right, so I mean you know so there's those security concerns in terms of you know hey someone who does not care about life limb property, you know someone with right. an evil bent or uh, whatever could could cause some serious damage
1: uh or or it. but other they things. could do that with anything they could do that with an r c car they could do that with okay. a fixed wing r c uh plane they could you could do that with anything right can't you i mean yeah. But the the fact of the matter is no one is really doing it. And the the places where you do see this sort of uh, behavior from the pilots is in an area where you would expect it. Yeah. War zones. Yeah. That's really where they've been doing that. And I'm sure you've heard of stories and these things, you know, they they happen. Uh, But companies like DJI have been able to implement software and firmware versions so that it prevents drones from taking off or landing in certain areas like war zones, right? So you can no longer carry the C4 over, you know, a platoon of, you know, infantry or or, or a squad, whatever. Like it, it, these are, by the way, DJI is one of the, the only companies that enforce a geo locking, uh, it's what they call geofence, And geofence really just is an invisible fence, not allowing a drone to enter. Or if it's within that fence, when you turn it on, you cannot take off or even like you could turn it on, but you won't be able to take off. Like yeah, from that, within that. So, DJI that's, has that's pretty fascinating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is not something that they that's have to do. That's machines. just coded into their machines. That's just coded into their machines, right. Through firmware updates and stuff, like, that, that's just what gets a passing down to their machines. Yeah. Now, this is not something that they have to do by law. This is something that they do to help prevent situations like what actually ended up happening, you know, unfortunately, uh, in the city, I think it was last year. Yeah, where uh, a small drone hit collided with a Black Hawk helicopter. Hmm. Did you hear about that? I did not. You didn't hear about that?
0: Yep. Uh, Oh, god! Well, let me tell you a story. Uh,
1: I I think that the first military,
0: the actual first military air to air incident between a drone and an aircraft was a Scan Eagle while I was in charge out there. Oh, really? With a UH 60. Oh, whoa. Yeah. Uh, it, it, fortunately, the, the sixty was not uh, badly damaged, mm-hmm. and there was really,
1: uh,
0: as a matter of fact, it, it turned parts everywhere. It turned out that well, we, of course, we lost our scanning, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. but that's nothing, right? Like yeah, you yeah, said, yeah. who who cares, right? We lost those down and again, and it was way better than you know than than losing a manned aircraft.
1: Right, but that's interesting because that could have been a case study. Yeah, like, yeah. Okay, no, look, it was. How much? How much did that? How much did that 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 fixed wing? Yep. weigh How fast was it going? How fast was the the Huey going? I, mean, I, I how, don't how, think it? they. Went that but, into uh, it,
0: but it was a big deal about gosh. how we operate and how. Mm-hmm, and it course. was uh, and, no. You and, said what, what helicopter was it? It was sorry? a sixty. It's sixty. Okay. Yeah. And so, but the bottom line is that the, the the real big thing was who who was at fault. Mm-hmm. And that was huge because it, there's a real tendency to say right right, hey, it's like you guys right are flying this robot out here it's like well um so anyway the the investigation was uh um was interesting in that it, they really had trouble trying to figure out well who was who was wrong here, the man yeah. guys or yeah it's and hard it turned to out determine. that the manned aircraft was actually in the wrong spot mm-hmm. um and fortunately, no one was hurt right okay
1: but, the, very yeah. fortunate yeah. well the first civilian to military aircraft drone strike." Did happen just last year, right here in in. in uh, I did not hear about this. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So, I was actually part of the investigation with the NTSB and FAA. Uh, to go recover um, certain information, data. did they come to you to ask? So they came to the company that I actually I, I work for as well. So I work for DJI as well. I'm, oh, I'm oh, that's a pilot right. Yeah. for them, and I'm yeah. a pro specialist, and, and and I do I do a lot of I, my, that's my regular like nine to five, and I do my business on the side. I'm
0: well. even have a nine
1: to five. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. It I, you know seems what? like
0: Aerospect or I, Zismo would be yeah. done.
1: And, and and it is. Uh, it's just that I love being so close to the newest tech. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and they are at the and forefront. DJI is at all of at it. The forefront, Forget yeah. it. They, I mean, they own yep. about eighty percent of the market. Yeah. So that's that's where it's all at. I love being there.
0: Yeah. I I, Uh, I looked at a bunch of their stuff while I was researching it. Yeah. Yeah, this is amazing.
1: So this gentleman comes to find out. So he's about – I don't know. He must be in his late 50s, 60s. He's flying uh, a Phantom – it's a DJI drone. And he's down in one of these parks down over by the Verrazano Bridge. And he flies out and he just keeps going and going and going. He wants to get this shot. He loses visual line of sight of it, which is one of the regulations that you need to follow. While you're flying drones Always maintain the line of sight uh, Below 55 pounds 400 feet uh, distance Don't fly directly over people
0: Amazingly, I read all this, by the
1: way I (laughs) I went and read the FAR So So, you know, yeah, you know the deal So this gentleman ended up losing line of sight of it And then ended up actually losing connection From the drone down to his remote controller Which essentially acts as his viewfinder For the camera So he initiates what's known as a return to home Which essentially tells the drone to come back To where it took off from And... It'll it, he'll end up getting signal on its way back, and he'll be able to recover it and manually take over again.
0: Well, we had that same feature on the scanning. Open yeah, 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 yeah.
1: So he loses signal. The drone starts to return to home. At the same time, <sighs> it was such a bad stroke yeah. of luck for this guy. Such a bad. Aren't they always though? The, yeah, 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 yeah. The drone is coming at the same, and it ends up hitting with a Black Hawk military helicopter. Bam. Now they heard the noise. They heard it bounce off the side. And how did they find the guy? Because a part of a motor got sucked into the air intake and it stayed there until they landed to do a quick look of the aircraft. And part of the motor had a QR code, which was uh, associated with obviously the receipt from the gentleman who bought it. Uh, and that's how we were able to you know find him and ask him like what had happened. So I was there like during the interview process. And this is all in a report, by the way, that's already been published by the NTSB. And he thought, first of all, the gentleman couldn't – he 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 was a Russian guy, uh, didn't really have – English was not really forte for him, uh, at least when we spoke to him. And he thought that the drone had lost battery and he, he was under the impression that the drone had just ditched in the water. Like it just lost battery, couldn't make it back, lost signal. That's the end of that. No. On its way back, he was trying to make it back. Bam, hit the helicopter. He ended up leaving. He waited for about an hour for the yeah, to come back. He wouldn't have known, right? He wouldn't have known yeah. because he lost yeah. line of sight of it, which is a very important That's thing. A no-no, yeah. Yeah, it's a big no-no. Yeah, yeah. He lost line of sight of it, came back, bam, hit the helicopter. Because he doesn't speak English, next day on the news, drone hits helicopter, blah, 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 blah. He doesn't speak English, so it doesn't matter to him. Like, he didn't know. He had no idea. When we came, when we went to go talk to him, that's when he heard first about that his drone was involved in in that accident. He had no idea, the poor guy. Uh, So the investigation finished with, you know, it was was obviously in a return to home feature. It was flying autonomously. Uh, It was just a really bad stroke of luck that that happened. Yeah. Uh, till this well, day, well, no actually, one
0: was hurt again. That's no
1: one was yeah. hurt. The most more important yeah. thing, obviously, yeah, no one was hurt. the the The, the helicopter, the sixty, did suffer uh, some uh, minor structural sure. damage, yeah. but they were able to land safely. And the guys looked it over, and, and I mean, they seemed like they were okay. And I think they ended up taking off that very same night and keeping uh, re- resumed on their on their flight on their flight path. But uh, it's it that was the first that was the first actual civilian to military drone, uh, yeah, strike, yeah.
0: That's that is amazing, man. Yeah. I, I have not been able to confirm that that the one that uh that we had out there when I was in charge was was the first military to military one, but I, I that's yeah. what I heard. I think yeah. it was at the time. We were still it was still very, very new. <laughs> so,
1: so, so I'm glad no one was hurt either, right? No, no, absolutely. Yeah, it was really it was really just an odd thing, man. Uh so yeah, is the, were, but so what what in your opinion being that the manned aircraft was there and the other aircraft is flying autonomously. Yeah. I mean, who do you put that on? Who do you uh, personally, like, uh, from your experience, from knowing how both systems work? Yeah, you know, I mean, there's only a certain amount of fail safe that you could build into these autonomous vehicles.
0: Well, so the way it worked is they. um, So I don't want to, you know, the the report I think said that the uh sixty was in the wrong spot, Mm -hmm. and uh, so it shouldn't have been there. That's right right um there's a see and avoid principle when you're a pilot yeah. uh, when you're vfr it's yeah. see and avoid right uh but how does that work when the other one can't see and avoid and that's right. important right and that right. was a big part of it so in this case um they had to go back to tower tapes because here's the deal as a right. as a pilot yeah. quote unquote of the the vehicle uh the scan eagle You're still talking. You still have to talk to ATC. You still have to talk to tower, right? Mm -hmm. They're doing all that. We had a radio right there. And he's not just flying. It's not just flying autonomously. He's telling it where to go based on flight path that we had worked out with the airfield there. And so he was going from point to point on Mm -hmm. this uh, predetermined flight path. Um, I think there was some confusion with the 60 crew at the time. When Tower told them where to go, they they kind of cut a corner, basically, Mm -hmm. Uh, which, you know, why would they not – you know you're a helicopter you're trying to and it was a medical it was an evac helicopter so they were but in any case so they have priority I don't put it on anyone but but I do remember that my operator a great great marine was really worried that he was going to be in a
1: lot of trouble yeah I can imagine he did not
0: get in trouble you know I think they realized that there was enough nuance to it which is rare you know the military hates nuance so (laughs) they just want to find someone and crush them but they didn't in this case so luckily uh, but anyway yeah so I don't put it on anyone but it it was fast fascinating and the same thing that you're just talking about there so that was the other one was security um they they mentioned again the risk associated which you've already mentioned risk of drones uh in terms of just one losing control two, and and of course you know i should be fair this forbes article they didn't argue at all that that drones should be at all limited because of this just that uh, common sense regulations should prevail mm-hmm. in terms of mitigating this, and that's yeah. true, right? With anything, so, um, so they, the other thing I said was just safety concerns. You know, losing control of it, uh, it breaks, it falls out of the uh, sky, falls on someone, falls on something. That all comes down to yeah. an experienced pilot. Yeah, well, that's right. So, that, like, yeah, talk about just that. Like, I mean,
1: just, right? like, just like just like a manned aircraft, that all comes down to an experienced pilot. You know, I mean, you, you lose you lose some sort of a you, uh, some sort of an instrument stops working. You you rely on your experience and you know how of being able to overcome or to fix that problem uh, right then and there. Uh, so operating in Manhattan does become, or within Queens and Brooklyn, it, where there are a lot of really tall towers it, with drones that rely on GPS lock becomes very difficult because these towers end up blocking out all the sky for these drones that end up actually holding position. So in a certain point, you know, let's say we go to do a facade inspection at a certain point, I'm going to have perfect GPS lock. But once I start to drop down past a certain level of the building, that all goes away and that's all manual flying. Now you got to try to maintain the camera looking at the facade of the building at the right altitude and the right angle so you're not moving around too much and at the right distance from the building, right? So I think we we were talking about uh before we were talking about being able to like delivery drones, right? How are these drones going to be able to navigate city spaces? Yep. with uh, very limited GPS. And I actually did an interview I know, about three or four years ago with the young lady that came in from one of the uh, community colleges in Manhattan. And she asked me, how do you see like the, 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 the space being built out for, for these drones to be able to navigate you know, Manhattan if, if it's going to be you know, Amazon delivery and all this other stuff? Well, I mean, the, the, I think that at that point, it, we're going to have like what we have now with the internet, right? We've got to run fiber optic through everything right? So what are we going to have to do? Place a bunch of sensors on the sides of buildings, just like how we have antennas for, for, for cell phones, sensors on the side of the building is going to have to be a uh, standard created for navigation for all these drones to navigate within different altitudes, right? So they'll all just be freeways and like highways for these drones to navigate along. Assuming that's actually ends up happening in the city. I mean, I'd love to see it. I mean, remember the days? When, I mean, not remember the day, but it's going to you know, happen. It's going to. It's going to happen. Yep. I don't know how quickly. I don't think it's going to happen very fast no. in any of the cities, but suburban, you know, areas and these these areas are for sure. Uh, well, there's other. You
0: know, they talk about not just aerial delivery, but you know, in, in terms of the city. Uh, they're looking at uh, autonomous drones that are actually ground based you know little R2D2s that are rolling oh, around yeah, with that yeah. you know within that what they call the last mile right mm-hmm. that's the hard part is that mm-hmm. last mile when it comes to drone delivery right mm-hmm. and that's where the money is yeah, uh, yeah. you know where it's going to be tied up where the logistics are going to be hard like you mentioned Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah yeah you can deliver stuff but that last mile you know quote unquote um, let it, me it, ask
1: you a question yeah yeah now, no. okay, you've been asking me questions. I'm going to ask you a yeah, question. Yeah. now as a man aircraft pilot Airspace has been designed just to um, to to accommodate for manned uh, for manned air flight, right? Yep. There are now more drones in the air flying than there are airplanes. Now, typically, you have to cater to the larger population of whatever it is that's going on, right? Yeah. So, do you see, or do you think that airspace is going to start like? There's going to be a whole new like era of the way the airspace is going to work because there are so many drones and so many of them are going to start flying for Amazon and all these other companies. How do you see that playing out? Yeah. As as far as like being able to mitigate airspaces and how is the FAA going to slice that out?
0: Okay. So first off, I've never really considered this in terms of, I mean, mean, I'm glad I'm catching you up. No, it's (laughs) fine. I'm I'm glad, Uh, you know, I've never, i of course have thought about drones and, uh, typically I've thought about it in terms of how, you, you know, when I'm going to be out of a job, right, as a manned pilot.
1: No, that uh, will but, never. Well, I, I yeah,
0: and we can get into that, by the way, because I'd like to talk about some of the other drone usage we that have, it has yeah. to do with uh, – but so how do I see airspace being carved out in terms of drone usage?
1: You have to serve the, ma- the majority.
0: Yeah, right? um, it's – you know, for right now, the way I I think it would probably continue is we'll, we'll probably have the, the same sort of airspace that we have, and we'll adapt. So what you have is, and for the, and again, I don't want to get too esoteric for the people listening that aren't that aren't aviation, um, uh, you know, versed. But the bottom line is, you have all this airspace, and we mentioned some of it. A lot of it is around airports, and then you so you have your. Uh, your class B, which is the biggest airport, C, a little bit smaller, and then and then class D airports. You have class E airspace, class G, and class A. All of this different airspace has different usage regulations. For the most part, I think that probably that uncontrolled airspace, they won't have to do much. And what it'll be, it'll be the same kind of regulations that they have already sort of in part 107, right, mm-hmm. uh, which talks about how you can operate um, your, your drone and and under what uh, uh, you know, restrictions. Mm-hmm. And then there are waivers for certain things. Uh, so I think that will continue to be the case. Whether they'll have drone-specific airspace, I don't think that would be the case because what I do think, I guess, in general, without having to get too specific, here's what I think. They're going to have to continue to craft the regulations so that both manned and unmanned aircraft are sharing the same airspace. Will they then you know, redesignate airspace. Mm-hmm. I doubt it because I think that the airspace they have probably already covers any kind of usage. Mm-hmm. And with the waivers that you get, like you're allowed to, you I think you have a waiver right to to operate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Within Class B airspace, mm-hmm. um, and and with within that Class B airspace, you have restrictions that you have yeah. to adhere to that yeah. make it so that it doesn't, you know, the manned aircraft and your drone aren't going to.
1: Um, uh, aren't going to interfere. Let me put this to you then. Yeah. Okay. That helicopter that was flying, but it collided with that Phantom yeah. uh, coming back. That helicopter was well within his rights to fly. His Absolutely. His rights yeah. to fly at that altitude. Yep. But so was that drone. Yeah. Yeah. That just, So was that drone.
0: Yeah. It just happened so, to be that a, uh, you know, a, a Swiss cheese model, right? <laughs> the, the Swiss cheese holes lined up, yeah, yeah. So that you know, hey, uh, that that uh, all the mishap risk could go through. And yeah, yeah. Swiss cheese for for you out there that don't know <laughs> the, the way we kind of talk about uh, all of the risks, you know, lining up so that actually something can happen. You know, going through all the holes. Uh, <laughs> Uh, of Swiss cheese. Ooh, that but uh, nice. that's a
1: great sound, by the way. Yeah, you like that.
0: Um, so, yeah, I, that's a great point. I mean, they both happen to be within their...
1: and, <laughs> they, were, and they were both within their rights. Yeah. So it's like, and, and you know what, Till this day, the FAA hasn't done anything about it. Yeah. They they did the investigation and TSB was involved there, but everybody, like it never happened. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but thankfully, no one got hurt and, you know, I, I'm... Glad to hear
0: that. Yeah, I don't know what the answer is on that one. I just think that they'll probably have to craft regulations such that we're able to that, um, to have both manned and unmanned aircraft doing the things that they're supposed to do yeah. in a way that, that makes sense. That's much I my think thought. think that, that's going to be and really I'm tough. And the smarter people than me plan. will have to do that. So, um, But, yeah. yeah, so. So uh, when are you going to get involved in the drone? Have you flown a drone? Uh, I have not. I, I was going to ask you. Th- how, really? How is it? Here's what I want to ask how are you flying the drones that you have right now well, like what kind of? What, first off what equipment are you using
1: so uh, i use a lot of uh, the off uh, like off shelf uh, pro level equipment uh, so they are hexacopter uh, they are hexacopter type uh, or octocopter so to lift that that cinema level camera so it's a remote controller on the left stick for the most part what you'll have is your throttle and yaw Small throttle, just bring it up and down, and y'all turn the actual drone left and right. The nose of the drone, and then on the right stick, we'll have pitch and roll. Yeah, right. So pitch forward, and that'll give you your movement over the earth. Right. Uh, so it's it's really you would be very. I think th- I feel like you would be very good at it. Yeah, uh, pilots typically tend to take to it very naturally and understand it right away. Uh, I, I, I'm surprised you haven't flown one yet and I'm um, actually I, had I known I would have brought one out here and I would have done my best to come out here earlier so we could go to a field so we could ask you about how you actually feel about being able to fly because you would love it yeah. let me tell you why you'd love it because you have a cockpit in the in the, in the the like right in your hands yep. and you're able to manipulate this all around wherever you want to fly right in a park whatever you have altitude speed ground speed height uh, 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 vertical speed and, and distance from home, like everything. Yeah. Everything you would see in your cockpit pretty much, I mean, except for like angle of attack and, and certain things, certain more specific things like that, you end up seeing in this cockpit as well.
0: Yeah. It's, it's, well, I would love to try it because one, I I mean, yeah, I, I think that, you know, having an aviation background, I probably would, would take to it. Uh, you
1: call me next time you're in Brooklyn, yeah. and I will set up. Yeah, absolutely I will. I, will. I
0: absolutely will. So we mentioned before about um, – about the different ways that drones are going to be used in the future. Yeah. And the the stuff that we keep, you know, that I think that fascinates or captures the public imagination at this point is the stuff that's going to be autonomous with people on board. Mm-hmm. Um, so they already, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. right now they're using drones in a million different – so there's there, – again, and we typically think of aviation drones, right, uh, aer- aerodromes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but. You know, there's there's obviously autonomous vehicles that are ground operated. Uh, there are vehicles that are submersible at this point. Yeah. Um, but right now there are companies uh, that are that are testing manned drones as an air taxi. I mean, Uber has oh, their yeah.
1: um, out uh, like um where is it? Uh, New, New Zealand, Zealand N- the, the, the U- Dubai, stuff. Dubai, New yeah, Zealand. Yeah, yeah, there's a
0: couple uh, companies that are doing this. Yeah. Um, how, how are those going to be flown? Will it be all programmed? And I From, mean, what do you, what do you, so I guess what, what I'm asking is how much do you have a, your finger on the pulse of all of that that's going on ancillary to what you're doing with Aerospect and Zismo?
1: I think that anything that has autonomous feature to it, there should always be a human attached to it at some point. Anything, because had that Scan Eagle. That collided if you know if, if you had a full visual view, like a full view around the Eagle to see that you know the 60 was coming off at its three o'clock or at its seven o'clock or whatever, they would have been able to deviate and you know do some sort of an action to prevent that collision. Otherwise, I mean, it doesn't matter how much tech you put into these things; it won't matter.
0: Yeah, maybe maybe the uh, the UAS would have um, like a TCAS traffic yeah. collision avoidance system, exactly. like we have in plane. Exactly.
1: Yeah. No, here's here's something. A, a very you near know, dear friend of mine. Uh, she was interviewed um, for it's she she does she's a production manager for ABC, and um, we do a lot of live work, live um, you know, drone work for for the network for Good Morning America. And she was interviewed. She was asked, "Oh well, you know, what about the inter- the autonomous features? Why don't you just go with something like that? Like it's very easy. You could just point point, click and fly and tap and go." Well, yes. Will the drone do that safely? A mm, hundred times out of you know, it'll be 100, almost 100 percent of the time it'll be it'll be safe. 99 percent of the time it'll be safe. But it's not about that. It's about adding that human characteristic of it, the creativity, the movement, the, 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 all these other things that come into making these shots. So, you know, great and, 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 and really beautiful uh, that no level of autonomy, it would be able to uh, accomplish. So it's, that's just one aspect. Like that's in the creative end. Like we were just talking about the, the safety end, had there been someone watching the drone, like had he had the link, Back, the gentleman that, that ended up colliding with the uh, with the uh, with the uh, with the Black Hawk, had he had a link to see that the Black Hawk was coming, he probably would have been able to do some sort of evasive maneuver and stop that. Now, putting people into a, a an autonomous thing, I think it's a great idea. I mean, it's going to help with a lot of things in the world, not just with people, but transport of medical equipment, transport of of, of you know supplies and things that into into areas that cannot uh, either ship in or out. It's a big deal. Like they already have that going on in Dominican Republic. Like they have for certain towns and stuff that when it, when it rains so bad that when the streets become inundated, uh, traffic between an, a major hospital and far, and, 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 uh, and clinics and stuff becomes impossible. So what are they doing there? They're shipping the stuff back and forth via drone. Completely autonomous. Great. Awesome. Love that. When That's pretty cool. I didn't your, even know that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful. It, it's incredible. It's incredible. A lot of it is actually happening in Africa as well. But when you start putting people on it. It's like, I don't know. I mean, with, with the whole thing that's going on with Boeing as well. I mean, look at that. I mean, what, what was going on in those cockpits yeah. when that stuff happened? What was going on? You're a pilot. I, I know a little uh, bit, I will say. P- uh, you know a little bit. I may know yeah. a little bit. But what I do know is that no matter what level of autopilot is going on, you have the ability to switch things on and off. Yep. And that's why you're there. Well,
0: you, you mentioned, you- by the way, uh, pilot skill earlier. Right. Uh, I will say that that played a very big
1: part. And that's all I'll say. I I, I see where you're coming <laughs> yeah, from, and yeah. I 100% agree with yeah. you because I know that those planes fly in this country all the time, yep. and we haven't had those issues. Yeah, 100% agree with. Yeah, you. Uh, so uh, when you start to put people in these in these vehicles that are supposed to be operating autonomously, you know what? I'm sure at some point. I mean, look at Tesla. Look at Tesla. I yep. mean, they just have to. They just have to make their car drive. Yep. Not even elevate, pitch, angle of attack, roll. Y'all, forget all these things. Yep. Like, they just have to make sure that the car draws, drives in a lane in a straight path, or turn when it needs to turn, and prevent from hitting uh, things, whether it be to the side, front, or to the rear. And they still haven't been able to prevent. How are you going to tell me that a drone is going to be able to do that? You know, and and, and they've got how much money in R and D these guys? You know, uh, Tesla. I'm sure that the drones are very safe to be carrying people, and I deal with this equipment on a daily basis. I want—I have full faith and trust. But that doesn't mean that we need to build—that we shouldn't be building in another level of uh, safety and precautionary measures. Because there's no reason why we should lose a human, a life, a human life, to start reacting to to, to certain things. Yeah, you know, it, it should be uh, pre, uh, it should be proactive, not reactive
0: so do you, you don't think that this that the unmanned air taxi
1: stuff that they're testing right now is is in the near future not that it's in the near future. I just wish to see it be i hope and maybe it is part of it already like maybe there is like a a traffic control center where all that comes in, and there are alerts that go off and alerts a pilot to be able to take a look at this one thing and It's like, okay, look maybe there is a collision that's about to come and you can take off for manual control and stop the autonomous flight of of that one uh, uh passenger drone right uh what I love to see, I think that's going to be very beneficial. I think it, in many ways it already is. Like I was mentioning like the Dominican Republic being able to yeah. send uh, uh, blood supply, uh, supply and blood samples back and forth. Uh, but I think that we still have quite a bit of ways to go before we actually can put someone in there and say, yes, 100%. I know it will happen and I look forward to it because I'm I'm all for it. I really am. But Me I've, too, also by the way. How, I've also seen how dangerous just airplanes can be yeah. with a pilot in yeah. it. So it's like,
0: and but the funny thing is that usually it's the pilot. It's is it eighty percent of the time that over that, yeah. that messes it up? Yep. That's So the, I, I'm with you. I am I am all for the autonomy I, the, the automation yes. of flight but to an extent got to that it gets rid of watching. that. But but there's I do I'm with you. I, something like a subway train that pretty much runs by itself, but there's a guy or gal in the front that is making sure that the doors aren't closing on right. somebody, yep. making sure that the yeah. Well, I'm with you. I can't wait for it. And I think it's coming, too, mm-hmm. probably later than you know sooner, uh, like you said. But it's coming. But I mean, it is, no is I mean, neat. I'm ready to be out of a job, and, and, and that's not a problem you with will me. Never, that will never happen. <laughs> well, never I mean, uh, I can tell you right now that uh, my, my thoughts are, like you just said, hey, how come, how come you haven't done this? Well, I have thought. And, and like I said, in situ, actually, uh, those guys had, had actually reached out to me when I was retiring. Like, hey, do you want to? I wasn't going to, you know, move my family out there, but yeah. but I thought about it long and hard because I'm like, this is an industry that I would love to be in,
1: love yeah. to be in. Yeah, it's growing huge, and you well, know, it's it, it's getting big, and and guys with your sort of background yeah. are really what this country really needs at this point in time, yeah. really because right now the the entire drone market for the most part is really controlled by, I mean, uh, uh it's it the main grasp of it has been for the Chinese because they've been so well at what they're able to make, and for defense contractors and stuff, they need domestic for security reasons Yes, of right course. they need domestic yep. so guys with your sort of background
0: and i'm not even so much interested in the flying idiots as <clears> much <throat> a, you know most of my background on the military on the aviation side um was uh was safety and regulatory mm-hmm. that's what i did
1: you you were singing the consultant song right yeah. now to I me mean, that's what you're singing like that that's and there are companies in this country that need that sort of yeah. support yep. help and 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 are paying thousands for it. Yeah. yeah you, you, you
0: so know, let's you? go back to where we where
1: we started, which is <laughs> you,
0: you've got this company. Where did we you've start? You've got two companies. <laughs> well, happened? we started way back in 2008 <laughs> when yeah, you're in your did. when you're in your pop's basement and he's wondering when you're going to get a job. That's and you guys in, were uh, kings yeah. of the Brooklyn bars. Oh, forget it. To where you are now. Yeah. And I mentioned, you know, it seems that you really have been on the front side of this wave.
1: Yeah. So
0: when you and Pablo, yeah. look at where you are and mm-hmm. where you're headed. What's your? What do you think in terms of staying on the front of the wave? What do you guys talk about?
1: Part of why we started Aerospect is because we realized that Zismo Media. I mean, it's, it's only a finite amount of stuff. I mean, if we want to grow as a business, as a partnership, as a, as a in, in the industry, you have to keep adapting to where it's going. I mean, if if I were to keep doing what I did twenty years ago, within another five or six years, I'd be out of work because things just keep. Evolving, getting better, better, more efficient, all this stuff. And forget it. The drone industry is is number one yeah. at all of that. Yeah. So how are we going to stay around? Because while you can never reproduce the creative side of what it is that we can do and what we do, uh, the want to keep growing is there, So, which is why we, we, we started with Aerospect. Uh, I see – We'll probably end up opening something else, another another part, another part of what it is that we do—consulting, um, assisting in investigations. I mean, we've already done that. Uh, uh, these are all going to be things that a lot of corporations just don't have an idea about. I mean, uh, exactly for, right. for, for take for example, like uh, TV networks—they no longer—they they got the idea that, that they want to save money, so what they're going to start doing is start. Uh, uh, um, training their camera people to fly drones, to get these live shots in locations so that they could do this stuff. It's like, well, why would you want to assume all that liability as a network? You know, why would you want to put all these people who, who already have their regular like routine and now introduce this monkey wrench of a thing to them and, you know, assume that they're going to be able to fly this with, with a, with an amount of of knowledge that, Someone who's been doing this for 10 years is going to be able to do that. You can't do that. Yeah. You just can't do that because there's always going to be a situation, a plastic bag, a bird, a a, a prop comes flying off in the middle. These things happen. Yeah. This is not. You you guys already have all this
0: liability covered.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We've had it for quite some time. I mean, we've, (laughs) we've seen some things in our day. Yeah. Okay. And I think that. Whenever I talk to a pilot, whether it be a, a, a drone pilot, and they say, oh, I've never crashed. I've never – i a thousand flights I've never – you know what that tells me? You are way too cocky and you're dangerous. I want to hear something from a pilot saying, yeah, I fly. Yep, I, that I crashed there. And it was my fault because uh, I wasn't looking at my FPV monitor and I was too low and the winds were too high. And, but I learned something that day. Yeah, I got it. Yeah. I would rather someone who is – who has seen a crash or two because they understand or at liability. least a close call or, or two. at least a close call yeah. or two who understands yeah. what you've got at risk. Because someone who has not does not truly understand what it is you have to lose. Yeah. yeah. No, in
0: the pilot community, it's the same way. Any Anytime you're talking to guys, uh, you have to be able to say, Hey, you know, here I was, this is what happened. Right. We got, you know, there have been plenty of times, Eddie, where I've landed my aircraft and been like, Okay. This well,
1: is the wrong airport. No, um, I no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did that just happen in Europe? where uh, the guys are supposed yeah. to be flying no. out or they landed in Germany or something?
0: <laughs> that still? happens, what? by the way. What how yeah. does That still happen Yeah, it still does, man. I you remember. Know what I'm you saying? know what? It's a visual approach. And then they see another airport out there, and they're like, oh, they're, that's it. <laughs> yeah. But you're right. I don't know
1: how. <laughs> but two different countries, yeah. though. Visual approach, I can understand. It in think maybe I remember oh, that. Oh, my God. Okay, Southwest I'm sorry. Year. I'm sorry to divert No, no, it's okay. You were just saying.
0: Well, I was going to say, I've landed my aircraft plenty of times where I kind of, you know, gave a real big, you know uh, you know exhaled and went wow okay yeah glad to be back on the deck on that one yeah, um, yeah, you yeah. know and then we talked about it we debriefed it mm-hmm. uh, and 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 all of those add up to you being you know the you know, what's the old saying? There, there, are, there are many bold pilots, a lot of bold pilots, a lot of bold pilots, but there yeah. are no old bold pilots. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because as you keep going, you get less bold because you realize, yeah. okay, uh, I've seen this before yep. or I had this close call. And I think you're saying the same thing and it is fun to listen to, you know, someone who's in the unmanned community
1: saying the same type of it. things. It's not yeah. even a matter of, like, professional, yeah. it's just a matter of logic. Yes, exactly. That's all it is. It's yeah. just a matter of logic. It's yeah. not a matter of training. It's just logic at that point. Yep. You know? Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of times, End up going to a job and like I'll look at Pablo and be like, you know, I mean, the money is great, and I'm just like, I don't care, this is it's not worth the risk, and we'll just turn it down. And we've done that, we've done that before. Like, we'll show up to a job, and we'll like, we've shown up to a job where there's been a, a march going across a bridge, and no one from the hiring agency that hired us told us that they were going to be covered by news agencies as well. So, what ends up happening? All these people start marching over a bridge. I, I don't want I don't remember the specifics of what it was exactly, but uh, we were in. Uh, Staten Island, it was a march that went from New York and everyone's going to be walking down to D.C. for – I can't I can't remember for the life of me what it was that they were doing. But we were five minutes away from putting our drone in the air and then whew, two, three helicopters show up to start the film. I'm like, I'm not going to put my drone up. I'm not going to do it. I don't care what the money – it doesn't matter because you're going to – first of all, more importantly – I don't want to present a threat to any of these manned helicopter. Number one, number two, if these helicopters see my drone flying around, it's no longer going to become about a thing about your March. It's going to be about my drone. It's going to, that, that's all they're going to talk about. Oh, a drone uh, gets within 10 feet of a yep. helicopter. And a lot of times, not uh, after an investigation, as if it's uh, ends up uh, coming uh, to fruition, they realize that, Oh, a lot of these things were not true. Like for example, uh, uh, Oh, airplane was on final approach. So thought it saw a, 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 a drone. And it ends up turning to be a plastic bag. And then what do you end up hearing? You hear about drone. Drone on Final Approach or JFK or LaGuardia then. But you never hear what happens after the investigation finished. It was a plastic bag. Oh, yeah. It was a misunderstanding. Bad sight. Didn't really look at it. It was 30 feet off the wing. Oh, really? You were able to identify something about the size of this bottle of whiskey here. Yeah. 30 feet off the wing doing about 250 miles an hour. Mm, Okay. (laughs)
0: <laughs> no, it's so true because they're unmanned. Because they're still looked at, um, you know, not suspiciously, but you know, sort of w- with awe or or yeah. uh, w- without that recognition or, or understanding. Still, they become an easy scapegoat. You're right, right. absolutely. Right.
1: And, I mean, you, what what happened at it, it quick yeah. what, what happened over there? After all the money that they poured into the investigation, everything that happened, we're like, they arrested this poor guy too. And why? Because he was on a list of registered operators nearby, and they went off a picture off of Facebook that he had a RC helicopter, like, oh, this must be our guy. Had he not had an alibi with his employer, he'd still be in jail. Yeah. Do you realize, like, what? The people who are enforcing this are not they don't understand, but don't understand they don't understand it. they understand don't understand yeah. it. and it's interesting uh, that's because a, a lot of people scam. yeah and a lot of people that were like writing on the forums regarding like there's no way there's just no way like how, how could it, how could a drone appear disappear, disappear and no one saw where it took off from no one saw where it landed yeah like it, it happened how many days it was like two days it was like something it was something ridiculous yes. like that that they kept seeing like nobody nobody saw where the drone landed. Nobody saw it. Apparently it had a spotlight on it. And the only video proof that they had was from some woman sitting inside of an airplane filming outside. It was just, it was, it was rain all over the window and it was, no one actually, no one had footage. No one had video. Yeah. How are you going to carry on this masquerade for two, three days without any solid proof? Everyone's got a phone. He's got a phone. Video. No one got a video of it. Yeah. What was his drone? What was this? Well, I think you hit on it, which is that the, the
0: lack of understanding and the suspicion, I think, with some people is 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 going to make them an easy target to say, okay, yeah, because that way they
1: can say, well, it wasn't. Right, uh, and then that allows them to create regulation that's exactly and right. start yeah. to pound down yeah. on it. And it's like, why? This wasn't really well, – hey, so so yeah. well, maybe it was, but in the end, like – Okay, it, 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 it it's a case study. I right? That that's a. I think there's a lot to take away. From that's there. right. Yeah. There is a lot to take away from there. How did the airport react? What were their countermeasures? Um, how could they have done things differently? Where was really the problem? Who yeah. confirmed the sighting? Where? Where did it go? Where did it come from? And because you only get about twenty minutes worth of flight time out of these things, it couldn't have been far. Yeah. Where. That's why that, that goes on to, like, the whole what we were talking about, um, uh, spying. You yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, please, yes. come on. Well, so,
0: Eddie, let me ask you this then. Yeah. You, you've come so far. You and Pablo have done very well. Mm. Um, you, you know, you've got Aerospect. You'll probably be looking at other things in the future here. Yeah, yeah, I mean, what do, you, what do you think in terms of uh, – I mean, I'm, it sounds like the future looks bright. And I hope you're staying on the front part of that wave because it seems like you, you really um, – uh, I hate to say the sky's the limit in this case because it's a bad pun, but uh, it really is. Uh,
1: what are you excited for in the future? You know what? This place, this, this this industry moves so fast, I don't know. Yeah. Like I told you, when we first started our business, we were just two guys yep. who went to school for video production. Someone said, you should do drones. And then we just did it. Yeah. Who knows? I, I don't know. Yeah. No idea. We are just scratching the surface of what this stuff will end up doing. Yeah, I mean, we we we've, we've worked for MTA, we've worked for a bunch of like city agencies. We we we've helped NYPD. We do a lot of things. I don't honestly. If I gave you an answer today, a week from now, i would sound like an idiot. Yeah, and so I'm not going to do it. Okay. <laughs> so. Well, I, I I sense that it's going to be
0: all good things. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm really excited. I'm so look so. forward to it. Well, Eddie, thank you so much. Thank you for, for having doing me. Doing this, man. Yeah. Um, Tell tell them where they can find you. You know,
1: right? Uh, so uh, Zismo Media—that's x i z m o media dot com. Uh, or if you're an architect, engineer, or a real estate developer or marketing, uh, you can find us at aerospectnyc.com. Uh, dot com. Awesome, brother. Well, best of luck. Thank you again so much.
0: You just are in the, uh, the most fascinating uh, industry, and, and I wish you guys the best of luck. I appreciate so,
1: it. we got to go flying drones soon. Come back to Brooklyn, man. you uh, call me up, say, Eddie, I'm there on Thursday, yeah. I'll have that drone ready gotta for you. i got to come up and see you and Pablo. i got to meet him. But, You're going to uh, love it.
0: Next time I'm in Brooklyn, we'll definitely do it. I can't, can't wait. wait. All right, brother. Hopefully. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Yep. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us here again today in the Ready Room. I'm your host, Richard Frederick, and I really hope you enjoyed our conversation today. I know I really did, and I'm looking forward to bringing you more of the same in the near future with intriguing and inspirational guests from all walks of life. If you did like it and you want to join us again, please take a moment and subscribe to The Ready Room. And if you could, rate and review the show on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever it is you're getting your podcast today. You can find us online at readyroombrief.com. I'm your host, Richard Frederick, and I look forward to being with you next time in The Ready Room.